Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to the number one Bangers Podcast. I'm oh, your yeah. host, Daddy McDook. Oh, yeah. I'm joined as always by Dr. Roger the Lecter Gizmo. Oh, yeah. And John the Brain Sheeran. Yeah. So, guys, regular season. Season. It's like regular yeah. and leaded, but not right. evil. But not evil. Well, John, how do you feel? How excited are you? I feel like I got a tank of regular and leaded in me right now. I'm good to go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. try try Electric Supreme Tesla. But anyways, I'm really pumped. I am not a preseason kind of guy, so I'm really ready for the stakes to be higher than they were. Yeah. Well, can the stakes get any higher than the great RF Hassan? We have, guys, we have the greatest oh, yeah. analyst of the Vikings in history. This man, first of all, he is very wise. I look. I'm not a fan. You know, I'm not a fan of the of the beard in general, of big beards. But when I saw RF speak, I started to realize that it's my problem is with Hoji's beard. But most people, the beard is actually appropriate. Obviously, you know, I think just a, a, a mustache sends a, a stronger message in terms of leadership. But that's a whole other conversation. It but, is, and it's one that could get us fired. Right. When you start talking about small mustaches and leadership, it's kind of a problem. Yeah. But look, this is going to be a fun game. So I can't wait. John is good friends with Aris. And uh, and I can't wait to get these two brilliant minds going at it and to see what he has to say. With that, let us bring in the great Arif Hassan. Oh, yeah. Welcome, sir. Welcome. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Are you coming at us straight from snowy Minnesota or what? Are you located uh, in Snowville? Yeah, d- directly from Minnesota. Not much snow here right now, but that could change at a moment's notice. That's right. It's very cold in those winters, I've heard. Well, yeah, actually, a very, uh, yeah, a very brilliant musician yeah. once said that he loves the cold because it keeps the bad people out. Yeah, that was my, my personal friend, the artist formerly known as Prince. And That's my right. condolences to you, Arif, for the loss of that great man. Yeah, I appreciate it. appreciate it. It's, it's been tough. Yeah. So, Arif... You write for the Ads Heretic, which I have not been able to read for numerous reasons. One of them is that you can't read. Well, or say the name right. Also, also, I whenever I scroll down, the bottom of the page is faded. And then I get these, these widgets, as they call them. They pop up and they ask me for money. And I just know it's a virus. I leave immediately. But 
I have encountered pieces of your work here and there, and it is it is top notch. I, I appreciate that uh, the the snippets that you find uh, are basically whatever was free. He's yeah. read whatever of your work is free. <laughs> that's good. That's good. I, I appreciate that even the free parts of my work are are apparently insightful. Amazing. They are amazing. It is, you know, it is like John. He doesn't work for free, but something close to it. But he's worked his way up to now. He is a senior intern. Wow, that's very he impressive. Is, you should be proud of yeah. yourself, John. I, it's I mean, only I, been, yeah. I graduated from the SB Nation life, so I'm pretty much used to this at this point. <laughs> yeah. It's only been six years, and uh, we are hoping he will be VP of they, intern. They, yeah. they called Ronald Reagan the great communicator. Daddy was the great manipulator. Right. He, right. he uses people and, and, and throws them but, away. Well, well, let us be honest. I mean, it is in keeping with the culture in Cincinnati. You look, out of just today, the Bengals released a hyper video to get the people all pumped up. And in the video, in the beginning, it says, great empires are built when people do bold things or something. And then they announced they're going to have a ruler of the jungle each week. And they didn't say if it's going to be a former, you know, dictator or who these rulers are going to be. But I mean, the Bengals obviously get, and I've mentioned this many times on the show, the importance of a strong leadership. So with that, I mean, let's move Seventy-five-year-old Bob Johnson, actually, yeah. far, far from a dictator. Our new overlord. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. So, look, let us move on to the first topic, please. Corona ball. Can Kirk Cousins save humanity? Now, this Whoa. is. Well, let me explain. Kirk Cousins has come up with an innovative way of preventing the COVID vaccine. Right. So More the anti- preventing yeah. the virus. Right. The More vaccine, they say, is good. nonsense. Hold on. You could First of all, that hold on. Arif, let me explain. I'm not the anti-vaxxer. I'm an anti-masker. And there is a big difference if you understand nuance. The vaccine, that's a personal choice. Anybody want, they take the vaccine. The mask, meanwhile, the mask, if you notice, when they started telling us to wear the mask, we only had five people on a Disney cruise outside of like Seattle who had the virus. Once we start wearing the mask, people are spreading these germs. They're sharing the masks, obviously, and, no and no it gets out of masks. control. Yeah. We Nobody have- shares masks. That has never happened. No two people have ever shared the mask. <laughs> That's not how Look. masks work. Okay. No. Can I get back a, to Kirk Cousins? It's so a very important discussion. Only author of BS. You take BS and you spread it as if it were vegan butter all over. And it's just nonsense. There's a new variant of BS every few months. So look, uh, Arif, Kirk Cousins, he came up with an innovative solution where everybody can be protected. He wants plexiglass mm-hmm. around people. He said, That's I can right. put the plexiglass around me wherever I go, wherever I walk, kind of like Superman who is in a phone booth. I mean, it seems like he's trying to do something. And really, the Vikings, I read, they are the lowest vaccinated team. So they enjoy their freedom. And they now, it is only, I think it's like, yeah, I think Kirk Cousins, if he does end up testing positive, I think this plexiglass could be a very interesting solution if they allow it on the field. What is your take? You have three seconds. I, I think that the plexiglass solution is interesting. Uh, there are some hurdles you have to go through. Uh, you have to figure out how people can breathe. Uh, that that one's a pretty big hurdle. Yeah, that's uh, why I'm anti-mask. Bre- that is why I'm anti-mask. Is, yeah. Arif, would you agree that breathing is an important thing for a human being to stay alive to it? 
Well, I, I think so, especially for, I think, a football player. There's a lot more breathing involved when you're engaged right. in athletic activities. So you have to figure that out. I think most of the solutions to, to figuring out the breathing problem kind of ruin the effectiveness of plexiglass because you poke holes in the plexiglass and then the virus can get out. So uh, there are some, you know, some small things to be worked out with the plexiglass solution. But certainly, you know, uh, you know, innovative solutions are, are kind of what you look for with Kirk. Cousins. Thank you. It's what drives this country. Yeah. 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 Sure. yeah. Well, yeah, you know, you, you might be your Captain Kirk, but he ain't mine. And and I, I think that this, this this whole thing is ridiculous. And in fact, I really wonder, I mean, joking about the, the, the COVID aside, Arif, how how far can this team go with Captain Kirk? I mean, COVID issues aside, they've had this, they, they've been sticking to this man as if he's their savior. I mean, what's up? There aren't any other plans in Minnesota? You, you know, it seems like, is he the guy who's going to get you there? I think it's, you know, somewhat unlikely that he'll be able to bring them a Super Bowl ring, but I think that given the options that they had at the time, um, it wasn't a, a bad decision to sign Kirk Cousins given what they thought about the state of their roster. Uh, and unfortunately, the, the nature of that is because of all the guaranteed money, they don't really have an opportunity to kind of move on from him. Now with this contract potentially coming up at the end of the 2022 season, they might be able to evaluate Kellen Mond, who they drafted in the third round, to potentially be a, a savior, right, to potentially take over for Kirk Cousins. But, you know, right, I mean, he produces you know, fairly well. The issue is that in kind of high-leverage situations like the two-minute drill or most high-leverage situations like the third down, um, he, he doesn't really kind of match no. Uh, the level of performance that he has on standard downs. And so that's obviously going to be pretty important in a playoff run. And I think that's the concern, right? Because the the points that they score, they're pretty good. The numbers that he puts up, they're pretty good. Situational football, that's, that's a pretty big concern from, I think, the perspective of the Vikings winning at all. But I think that a good enough defense, you can win uh, You can win a lot of football games and make it to the Super Bowl with a, a decent enough quarterback. And I think Kirk is a little bit more than a decent enough quarterback. So if they put together the right team around him, they can you know, kind of ride that into into a ring. I think it's just a lot harder than if you've got, like, say, Patrick Mahomes or something like that. I just you just played Andy Dalton bingo right there. I you literally just, just yeah. named off all like the, the the great things that we always heard about Andy Dalton, and yeah. it makes sense because Cousins seems like he's Dalton one point five. Right. So I was I was just on another uh, Bengal show. I don't know if I'm allowed to name them uh, on this show. You was, well, you know you you are because we do not feel threatened. We are called the number one <laughs> Bengals podcast. I don't know if you know that, Arif. We're we we yeah we we basically trademark the name. We never have to worry about competition. That's what you, that means. Would think, Courtney, would can you, Courtney, can you verify that? You would think that it's really yeah. good marketing. Yeah, one hundred percent verified. There you go. Somehow, <laughs> some way, we have no idea how. There you go. That's our producer. Yeah, yeah. You would think it's good marketing, but really, the show is not making a ton of money. So. <laughs> Well, I was I was on the Who Day Den podcast with Taylor Cornell, and and he basically said the same thing. He was like, Kirk Cousins kind of reminds me of Andy Dalton in, in, in a big way. And I think you know that 2015 season. I think the Vikings were trying to capture the 2015 Andy Dalton season for themselves and get uh, you know a top three, top five uh, quarterback performance, given kind of the state of of the rest of the roster. They've got a really good skill position group around him. They're hoping to get that offensive line up there, um, and so. It is, you know, entirely within the realm of possibility that they can kind of, you know, put some things together. Um, unlike Andy Dalton, Kirk Cousins does win playoff games on occasion, so he's got that going for him. Um, but he does need to do a little bit more. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo is another pretty good comparison. It's another quarterback that you kind of put in the same category. He made it all the way to the Super Bowl over Kirk Cousins. And I think that uh, if you've got that kind of roster, you could. I mean, there's a lot of quarterbacks where you can't say that, where uh, you can't say that he's going to do enough by himself or that he's going to do enough with the, the team around him to be able to put up 
um, the kind of points that you need in order to to get uh, into the Super Bowl, unless you go all the way back to Trent Dilfer. I think that you know Cousins as a top ten ish, like eleventh, tenth ish quarterback can kind of put you there so long as you've got the rest of it. And I think he's a little bit better, right, than than what Andy Dalton can provide on a good day. It's just uh, sometimes that category of quarterback just puts you behind uh, the eight ball when it comes to constructing that type of roster. Well, it's yeah, interesting. Software update, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, exactly. it's like two point oh, yeah, for sure. Well, it's interesting. When Cousins, I think his first coordinator when he was the starter, one of the first coordinators was the Gruden guy, Joey Gruden or Jimmy Gruden. I forgot the brother of John Gruden, mm-hmm. who was with the Bengals with Dalton, and he made the comparison. And and at the time, it was seen as a good thing. It was like, oh, he could be the next Andy Dalton. So maybe he developed him as such. And so I'm sorry for that. <laughs> but look, I want to move on to the LSU reunion. So. Look, Cousins, whatever he is, like you said, he can put up stats. He can have those big games. And this might be that game for him, in part because of Justin Jefferson, who is going to be guarded by Eli Apple, most likely. Right, John? Yeah, I think so, because another former Viking, Trey Waynes, is not going to play in this game. He's yet to play for the Bengals, and he's missing out on his his revenge game. So it's Apple and Wouzier going up against one of the best wide receiver duos in the NFL, including Jefferson. Yeah. And so this could be fun. I mean, look, these guys haven't been together. They had a record setting NFL uh, college season, championship season. You have Jefferson, you have Chase, you have Burrow. And John, I don't think that Moss is going to be active, right? I know he's on the practice squad. So yeah, so he's probably not going to be active. So how many, you have how to many, re- how many touches yeah. you really think Chase is going to get? You think how active you think he's going to be? I mean, if you're basing if you're basing, you know, contribution on, on here we go. Here is here is the hot cake part of the show. Yeah. he just throws out the hot cakes and he yeah. hopes that the fans will eat them up. Yeah, eat, eat my cake. Yeah, that's that's what I say to all of you who disagree with me. Eat my cake. Yeah, but I don't think Chase. I don't think Chase has earned much playtime. I think well, let you let him play later. Well, big boy, big boy time. But John, I asked John before the show how Minnesota's secondary is. He said not that great. So maybe this is a good start. This is a good opportunity for Chase to get going, John. I think a few years ago it could be classified as great. You have Harrison Smith, who is still really good. He got he got paid like a really good safety just a couple of weeks ago. How much in the tank does Patrick Peterson have? Is the is the important question. He's on the wrong side of thirty now. Opposite of him is Brashad Breeland, who I think had a really good preseason. But again, I think if you're the Bengals and you have both T. Higgins and Jamar Chase on the outside, you're not really shying away from Breeland necessarily. It's weird because you don't play the Vikings. And still, like on a four-year cycle, so you don't have a lot of recent tape uh, of seeing these guys in these similar situations. And both teams are so much different than they last played. But I, I guess that is that is the question: like, how advantageous do they see that those matchups on the perimeter against two cornerbacks? That I think if you have Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, and you're confident in both of them with Joe Burrow a quarterback, you shouldn't necessarily see them as like these lockdown, shutdown corners that you necessarily have to avoid. So even though that Chase had a rough preseason, obviously you can't deny that fact. I think you still have to recognize the situations where he's going to get open on some of these throws, and you still have to have the faith that he's going to produce like a fifth overall pick. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I think in that situation, uh, it's going to be kind of tough. I think there's a wide range of possibilities for how that cornerback group shakes out because I think there's a, a really good argument to be made that you know Patrick Peterson was kind of misused given his athletic decline in his final year with the Cardinals. Obviously, he's coming off of two pretty poor years uh, with Arizona, but if anyone has the ability to kind of revive or at least kind of tap into what makes him um, still a potentially talented cornerback, I think it's probably Mike Zimmer. The issue, of course, is you know if, if that's even possible. Um, I don't no, he looked pretty decent. I'm not going to say great, but pretty decent in training camp. Um, I would say that uh, given the fact that there's not like a, a speedster or a deep threat, that the biggest weakness to that Viking secondary group isn't quite there in this situation. I think Peterson still has a lot of physical strength, which, you know, to me, that's what kind of Higgins and Chase do, do really well is kind of leverage their physical strength. And I think against a player like Patrick Peterson, there's a little bit less opportunity for them to be able to kind of take advantage of, of of the problems that he presents. My biggest concern, actually, is Tyler Boyd. I think that him lining up against Mackenzie Alexander, who's a decent corner, may end up being the best corner out of the three of them, but he, he certainly has a very limited ceiling given his history of play. Um, I think that his quickness up against Tyler Boyd's quickness, I think that's going to be a pretty big concern. It could be uh, end up being a pretty big game for Boyd. Or when the Bengals go into two wide receiver, you probably put Boyd against um, either one of them. I'd probably put him up against Peterson just because we saw what Stephon Diggs did against Peterson last year uh, and, and leverage a lot of that quickness. So that would be my concern. But I think that from the perspective of matchups, there is something that you can say that Peterson might be able to kind of keep up or handle them uh, fairly well. Uh, then Breland has had a very up and down career. Like you said, he looked really good in the preseason. He's looked really good in camp. But uh, an inconsistent player like him, there's a reason he signed a one year deal. It's it's to you know make sure that he can get more money later on because he hasn't proven that he that he deserves you know a, a big guaranteed contract. So I think there's a lot of room for them to be a fairly decent. I'm not going to say good, but a fairly decent cornerback room or a lot of room for them to to really struggle mightily. I don't think they'll be as bad as last year's uh, Vikings cornerback group. I think that this is uh, almost certainly an upgrade, but how much of an upgrade um, is, is I think, the key question. And I think if the, if the Bengals, uh, you know, put together a winning game plan, it's probably going to be, you know, exploiting some of the weaknesses that come with that secondary. Yeah, well, well I like what you said there about uh, Tyler Boyd. I mean, yeah. I, I think of Tyler Boyd as what you could call like a snake in the back. Right. Everything seems yeah. cool. Seems like, oh, what's in this bag? Oh, well, there's a snake in the back. You yeah. know, he's going to surprise you. He's going to surprise the NFL. He's the real deal. And actually, that's the kind of thing I think. I think performance matters more than draft, uh, draftism, you know. Yeah. I, well, I just want to say, Arif, you mentioned making a lot of money. That is the only part of your talk that I heard. I apologize. But speaking of making a lot of money, we have some exciting news for you. Our pod is partnering with PlayActionPools.com this season to bring some interactive fun to the sport we love most. You'll be able to get in on the action with our PlayActionPools.com football pick M challenge, which is open to everyone. Here's how it works. Sign up for a contest, believe football pick em at playactionpools.com and then get your picks in each week. We're going to select the 10 highest profile games of the week between NFL and college football. Whoever gets the most picks correct each week will win a pair of electric shoes and a pair of DC sunglasses. Wait, what are electric shoes? I don't know. Again, go to playactionpools.com and sign up for the believe B-L-E-A-V football pick em. And if you plan on hosting your own football contest, go to playactionpools.com. Then we've got survivor pick em as well as a cool a sports book a style concept called Build Your Bankroll. Playactionpools.com, your new home for all your your office, the sports pool. I didn't understand any of that, but I know it makes us money. I need some electric shoes. I have been using gas-guzzling shoes. Gentlemen, I I, I hate to leave halfway through the show. uh, uh, RF, you're amazing. I got to step out 
uh, I have to take care of, I actually meeting some celebrities, I can't name them, uh, right. but their last name ends with Ian's and begins with Kardash. So okay. I had to go, I got the Kardash okay. myself. Okay, well, have a good one. Look, Arif, let us talk about the Bengals wide receiver trio. Now, a very reputable journalist recently wrote that back in 1998, your Minnesota Vikings, they had, now, of course, you were probably only five years old or so back then. So, I mean, I don't know if you, how much you remember, but I will say this, we have had people in the comment section of our videos and podcasts say that their three-year-olds know more about football than me and Hoji. So, kids know a lot these days. So, you were probably very analytical back then. But look, they said, this journalist said that back in 1998, the Vikings had two 1,000-yard receivers and Chris Carter and Jake Reed. And then they go out and add an explosive playmaker in Randy Moss. And, and the offense just took off. This year, the Bengals, they have T. Higgins, who is close to 1,000 yards his first year. And Tyler Boyd, who gets around 1,000 uh, yards every year. So with the addition of Jamar Chase, who knows? Maybe they break some records this year. That is kind of the perspective. So we're talking about Bengals wide receiver trio. So, yeah. So, please, what, what do you think? Do you see any similarities? I, again, I know you were very young back then. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I think that there's maybe a little bit of, 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 of work to do before you kind of get into comparisons between three deep. But I, I really like where your head is on that one. I really like the direction you. you're going in. Um, yeah, I wrote the article, by the way. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, really, yeah. really, really smart writing, of course. Thank you. Thank um, you. I, I think that th there's a lot of opportunities for offensive explosion and offense, I think, controls the game more than defense. So that's a, a pretty good um, kind of direction to move in. The, the issue with the comparison, I think, is twofold. I think, one, uh, I don't remember Moss dropping a lot of passes in the preseason. So Jamar Chase is going to have mm. to kind of up his game a little bit. But two, um, I think that one of the things that that, that offense did really well is they had um, a, a bunch of different types of receivers, right? Moss, obviously, you could do everything, but he was primarily known at the time as being a, a huge deep threat, whereas Carter was a really, really great, you know, some of the best hands in football, really great possession receiver, or Jake Reed did a really good job uh, as being kind of a utility slot. And I, I really think that the Bengals receiving core could do, um, it doesn't even have to be one of the primary receivers, but could do with a lot of speed to kind of take the, the top off of defenses and really change the geometry of what defenses are doing. I really like the Bengals receiving core. I think it is um, maybe right now the most underrated receiving core uh, in the NFL. I think that there's a really good chance that they have the best receiving core in the division. I know that you know Steelers fans wouldn't want to hear that, but I think that that's probably true um, unless unless uh, you know Donovan Peoples Jones develops you know remarkably well for the Browns. You know Dell Beckham finds kind of what what made him good in the past. But I think right now they've got the best receiving group in the division. But the problem is um, you're competing against receiving groups like the one in Tampa Bay, the one in Dallas, uh, the one. Uh, even even with the Vikings, they're 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 two receiver set, right? Um, and so it, it, it'll be tough to kind of put themselves in that same spot uh, if you know T. Higgins continues to win contested catches at that remarkable rate that he does. Uh, if Jamar Chase kind of rediscovers his college form, which I'm more than confident he will, um, I think that you could begin having that discussion. I think that that's. Uh, pretty interesting uh you do have to add on to the fact that by the time moss joined the vikings carter was already going to be headed towards the hall of fame uh, i don't know that i could say that about tyler boyd or t higgins but uh it well, jake, be... well, well let me just say this jake reed was on the decline 
he didn't have another season like he did before Mas arrived, after Mas arrived. I mean, he was injured that first year. But but you're forgetting one more thing, Aris, which is that Tell me. all those receiving groups that you talked about, Tampa Bay, all of the none of them have a quarterback who threw 60 touchdowns, you know, in his last year of college. None of them have that upside in terms of the video game kind of a stats like Burrow. So, so I mean, another thing I'm point. I, I would say that know. Tom Brady uh, has has done all right for himself in his career. He's done okay. He's right, done okay. Right. If you're, yeah, if you're into the kind of the you know grueling kind of you know you know the very slow paced kind of boring kind of. But no, but I want to say this. I want to say this. What I'm hearing from you, and I want John to chime in, is that you don't think the Bengals have an explosive deep threat, and you don't think Jamar Chase is that kind of guy who can stretch the field. Whereas I do feel that a lot of people are saying maybe his numbers aren't that impressive, but he was 19 and he's grown athletically and he's he's kind of developed that part of his game. John? Yeah, I mean, that's what Chase was brought in to do in the first place. We just haven't really seen it because they weren't really going to do any of that stuff in the preseason. And then when he dropped a bunch of passes, they weren't going to really utilize them anymore. But I think that's the hope of Chase. You have a dynamic forming with those three receivers. But Turning over to the Vikings for this kind of same discussion, who is the third receiver for the Vikings? I know you tweeted out something about Mike Zimmer uh, saying that he, their offense is going to run more three receiver sets, and you could visibly see like the dread in his eyes when he said it. So, who is that third receiver behind Thielen and Jefferson right now? I'm just as excited to find out as you are. Uh, <laughs> there's uh, there's a there's a good chance it's KJ Osborne who didn't see the field at all last year, at least on offense. He was a fairly disappointing special teamer. Um, was not actually, I think, all that great at Miami. Was pretty good at Buffalo, but was kind of hidden um, by the fact that they had. Um, God, I totally forget the name of the other receiver, like Anthony Jackson or something along those lines. Um, a really incredible receiver for them, but you know hasn't turned out in the NFL yet. Um, but, you know, Osborne has looked really remarkable in camp, and, and there's a really good chance that he's been able to kind of catch on and grab that third receiving job. Uh, on top of that, they just drafted Demir Smith-Marset, who's looked really good in camp. He's looked fairly good in the preseason. He hasn't gotten a lot of opportunities with, like, Jake Browning throwing to him. I mean, he's a deep threat, and Jake Browning doesn't really do that. So it was kind of difficult to figure out what Demir Smith-Marset could do. But he's been electric on special teams. Of course, they just brought in D.D. Westbrook who could be the wide receiver three. We know he's the primary punt returner. I think as a third wide receiver, D.D. Westbrook is is quite talented. I don't think it's, you know, quite the same thing as like a Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, you know, Tyler Boyd situation where, you know, any of them could step onto our roster and start right away. I don't think that's true for like D.D. Westbrook. Um, but I, I think that he is a really good third receiver to have. So uh, I think three deep, the Bengals have the Vikings deep. But I think in terms of the formations that they prefer to run, I think the Vikings skill position group matches up really well. But okay, let us move on to Minnesota pass rush. And Arif, you and I know that the Vikings lost their best player this past offseason, sadly. And he wanted to go to a contender, and so he joined the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm talking about Riley Reef, obviously. Of course. Now that's exactly who I thought you were talking about. The question is: do Vikings fans hold a grudge against him for ring chasing as they call it are they going to be rooting for him or is he no but seriously look Arif Riley adds a very reliable kind of presence on our line which is a big deal for our line something we were lacking we have a tackle we know he's about mid-tier John right among the starters right I mean he's going so that's about Riley or, or Jonah Riley 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. Especially it, compared it, to who they had last year. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, was we're it, not going to have Hart last year. It, it, yeah. We don't talk about him. Yeah. We don't. Yeah, we don't. <sighs> That's a crime. Wait, we actually, we did do a show about him that you, you should check out where we went inside the mind of Bobby Hart. Very adventurous. Did you go over his Instagram posts too? Yes. All of those. Yes. Oh boy. Okay. Yes. Yes. Just, just, you can Google that. Subscribe. Definitely yep. check it out. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I want to check that out. Please. That sounds yes. like an adventure. You know what, RF? It's actually free. It is free. Our content <laughs> is all free. But I will look. No, I will say this. I mean, we still need people to subscribe. So if you can just, yeah, we need people to subscribe. We make, you know, a good, I would say, double digits per month in terms of dollars, you know. So Impressive. we need some subscribers. Yeah. yeah. But look, uh, we are very worried about your pass rush. Yes, Riley is pretty good. Yes, Jonah is above average, I would say, John. And right. uh, yeah, and our guards, eh, they're about, they're okay. They're growing. But you have one of the better pass rushes, one of the better defensive lines. So is that where you think you're going to win this, this game? Yeah, I think that if the Vikings are going to win the game or at least shut down the Bengals' offense, it'll be through that defensive line. Like I said, I'm fairly concerned about the state of that cornerback group. It could be anything. I'm, I'm really confident that the defensive line will look really good. Um, they didn't have Daniel Hunter last year. Um, in fact, all four of the, the primary starters that they had, uh, Zimmer said like on Monday, well, they're backups for some other team, uh, which is kind of true. Some of them aren't even on rosters, which I think is a, a pretty good indication of how poor the pass rush was last year. This year, they return uh, Daniel Hunter from injury, Michael Pierce from the COVID opt-out. Uh, they signed Dalvin Tomlinson, and it looks like they'll be starting fourth-round draft pick uh, DJ Wanham, fourth-round pick from like two years ago. So uh, it, it is going to be an entirely new setup. I think that Daniel Hunter is kind of poised for a really huge season. And I know you can kind of always say that about a young pass rusher that's got you know pretty good statistics and all that. But I think based off of what I've seen in camp, and that includes the joint practices, I guess he wasn't actually in the joint practices, but what I've seen in camp against uh, Brian O'Neill, who just got a pretty big deal, uh, and just generally what I've seen from uh, Daniel Hunter, uh, it's one of the the best edge rusher off seasons I've seen. I don't know how well that's going to translate, right? But I've seen Jared Allen go up against Matt Khalil. I've seen Everson Griffin go up against you know TJ Clemmings. I've seen really good edge rushers go up against really bad tackles, and I really think that Daniel Hunter. Um, going up against a fairly good right tackle who just I think he's the second highest paid right tackle in the NFL right now um, from that I think that you know Daniel Hunter has had you know more success getting past you know his assignment than I've ever seen from an edge rusher he, it's really remarkable what he's been able to do so uh, he's setting himself up to be a really good pass rusher and then I've also seen um, you know Michael Pierce do a really good job rushing the pass for a huge surprise to me I, I really have only ever seen him as a run stuffing nose tackle with Baltimore and then Dalvin Tomlinson has pass rush upside DJ Wanham's had a really good offseason so I think the pass rush here is going to be really excellent you're playing psychological games with us and trying to intimidate us but Arif I would just have you know that we have made some additions to our stadium where you will be playing we have plastic tigers I don't oh, know wow. if you've seen those. They're plastic. They, they breathe fire, actually. Yeah. Wow. Well, are they allowed to? I thought the league prevented pyrotechnics from being used in stadiums. Maybe this is smoke. Yeah. It might just be smoke. The Vikings they, have a dragon that breathes smoke. It used to breathe fire. It might actually be confetti, John. I'm looking because I looked into the cheaper options for how to give the image of fire. And right. I talked with Mike Brown about that. But you got to pay people to clean up the confetti, though. Like, the smoke just evaporates. 
No, no, no. See, that's what you do after the game. You invite fans onto the field after all the players are gone, and they can, mm. you know, they can. Yeah, that sounds like a Mike Brown solution. Yeah, yeah. We are in touch. We are in touch. But yeah. no, but look, uh, yeah, we are very scared of your defensive line. Hopefully, Burrow comes out alive because the Bengals seem set on playing him week one, even if we don't know how healthy he is. We'll see. On to the coaches. Now, on the one hand, you have Mike Zimmer our former defensive coordinator, who is 68 years old. On the other, you have Zach Taylor, who is so cool, nobody knows how to spell his name. Is there an H? Is there a K? There's neither of those. He's so young that most of the time they ask him, hey, young man, would you, are you trying to get the autograph? He's like, I'm the head coach. So this guy, Zach Taylor, you don't, you don't, RF, the mistake that people look at is the record. They look to the record. They're like, what have you done for me lately? But Zach Taylor, when he was hired, he brought a lot of promise and hope. And so if you go back two years before he has started coaching games, he's actually done a lot. That's the best I can, a spin I can put on Zach Taylor. What, John, what, yeah. Was he the first option for the Bengals, or what, what order in the in the option market was he for the Bengals? But you know when you shop online, like if you go onto the Old Navy sites, you have options. You can either right. put high, most highly rated, or you can put from highest price to lowest price, or you can put from lowest price to highest price. When you put coaches in that order, and I'm talking about the last one, yes, Zach Taylor was among the first options. Does okay. that answer your question? Okay. Yeah. He was an earlier option than Lou Anarumo was a defensive coordinator. I'll say that much. Yeah. Okay. Lou Anarumo, look, the guy had a decorated career in Hollywood. He, but, you know, he obviously worked. Wrong Lou. His, Wrong Lou. But he, okay. Anyways, John, how much of a mismatch? Because you and I respect Zimmer very much. And a lot of Bengals fans wanted him to be the head coach. He's had a solid, and that's something I want to ask uh, Arif. He'll have about four seconds to answer this. Is look, what do Vikings fans think of him? Because he has gotten results, but he hasn't gone all the way. But in Minnesota, where the expectations aren't that much higher than Cincinnati, what do they think? Is it time for change just for the sake of change? Or is it like, hey, we actually have a guy here who knows how to coach? Yeah, uh, I, I think that when when Zimmer was hired, I think a lot of people were really excited. He seemed like a person that you know everybody needed to give a change. Um, for the Vikings, uh, but a- after that, you know, the Vi- uh, Zim So I think that a couple of people are kind of frustrated that he hasn't been able to take them very far, um, which is kind of weird because they've gone to the NFC Championship game, um, but they haven't been able to, you know, make sure that, you know, they've got a real genuine shot at a ring. And I, I think that most people are comfortable with moving on from him. I'm really not because anybody who can get like a 580 record with like Matt Castle and Teddy Bridgewater and Case Keenum, along with Kirk Cousins, you know, Sean Hill, Christian Ponder, like they've all started games under Mike Zimmer. And I, I think that given the fact that he's had essentially six different quarterbacks over his tenure, um, I think tells you a lot like that, that he's been able to, to kind of, you know, extract blood from a stone as it were. And, and create some wins that I think a lot of other coaches couldn't. You know, whether or not he's got the ability to kind of win in the playoffs, I, I think that he's shown that. I think that, um, you know, whether or not, you know, he's going to be able to continue to do that with Kirk Cousins, I think that that's just going to be kind of how people are going to kind of put them together in their heads. Um, 
but yeah, it, it's kind of tough. I think that he's probably a top eight coach in the league. So if the Vikings decide to move on from him, wow. um, if he decides not to retire, I think he'll get snapped up right away by another team. Um, in terms of kind of this matchup against Zach Taylor, I don't actually know how good of like a game manager Zach Taylor is. I don't know that the Bengals have been put into a ton of situations where they have to manage the clock really effectively in order to grind out a win. Uh, wow. If they have, I haven't. That is that, a very subtle blow. I think the I, Bengals are getting blown out every game. I love I, it. I, with this you guy, respect Brandon is, Allen? I don't. That, like. This guy is a wordsmith. <laughs> wow. <laughs> look, look, Mr. Araf Hassan. I, it sounds to me like you're saying this guy's a top eight coach. Whereas Zach Taylor, we don't know what he is. Is he could right, be he, anything? He could, he could be number one. He could be yeah. number thirty-two. Who knows? Are you okay. proposing a trade on behalf of the Minnesota Vikings? I am not. Okay, but that certainly John, would be interesting. It would, John. What do you think? Coaching mismatch. The Bengals would take that trade ten times out of ten. I honestly thought that, like, when there were rumors, quote unquote, that Zimmer was on the hot seat at the end of last year and that he could maybe get fired, I genuinely believe that if Mike Zimmer were available and Zach Taylor is coming off another crappy season, that they would seriously consider bringing Mike Zimmer back. He still owns a property in Northern Kentucky, his ranch, like yep. that's where he, yeah, he, he loves it there. Like he's still beloved Definitely in the same front there. office that, yeah. like, that runs the Bengals. But I mean, this is a matchup between a millennial with an offensive background and a geriatric with a defensive background. And I think just like Eric said, like, one is is proven. One has gone to the playoffs and won in the playoffs and knows how to win games with subpar quarterback play. There's still it, it's all still about potential with Taylor because unfortunately he's had Andy Dalton, Ryan Finley, a couple games with Joe Burrow, and then Brandon Allen. So in terms of just quarterback play, like we do we still truly know who Zach Taylor is as a play caller because he's had to adjust to a lot of crappy quarterback play. And when he has had Burrow, he had like one Wait good month second. with him in October. Wait a second, he had Andy Dalton. He benched Andy Dalton for poor play. We just compared Andy Dalton point. to we just we just compared Andy Dalton to Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins also is the best coach that Kirk Cousins is the best best quarterback that Mike Zimmer has ever had. How 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 can we do this, John? Uh, clearly, Zimmer. I mean, come on. Okay, look. Let us move on to the most important topic I want to ask both of you about. Please, Courtney. Monetization and promotion. What is your opinion? We have a Patreon.com DH Sports website. We have five patrons. They're robots who make automatic payments for, to the amount of $26 a month. Arif, unfortunately, while we are the number one Bengals podcast, we are the lowest rated Bengals podcast. Don't ask me how it works, but the support of people like you and the good people of Minnesota who are probably never going to watch our show again means a lot to me and John. So I just wanted to get your take on that. Uh, I I agree with the take. I think that you, uh, as the number one Bengals podcast, you deserve to have many more patrons and subscribers. Uh, people giving you money, people following your work, people listening to your ads and providing more money indirectly. I think that that makes a ton of sense. If it, hap if it happens to be people from Minnesota, you know, that's no skin off my back. I think that would be great too. Was good. That was good. We are. I'm. Look. I'm going to buy one of your articles. Can I just get one article for like what is what kind of deal can I get on one article? I, I am not I'm really going, sure how that okay. works, but I'm going to guess no. Okay. Okay. I'm reminded of the scene from uh, I'm going to get you sucker where Chris Rock was trying to bargain with the guy at the. Do you remember that scene, Arif? <laughs> that that's me. 
that's my inspiration okay look the great Arif Hassan is on the athletic and he is on Twitter you follow him you please read all his stuff John Sheeran of course the brains behind this whole operation he's on Twitter he's on Cincy Jungle he has like four other podcasts that he is on and we are the number one bangers podcast so you want to subscribe actually Arif we have a we have a, a kind of a glitch in our system when you open the iTunes it automatically subscribes you and leave a five star review so just open it up number one bangers podcast look us up for Arif Hassan and John Sheer I'm Daddy McDuck we'll see you next time thank you for listening to Believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube you know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks that's what our podcast People Are the Worst brings you with each episode I'm Rachel And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.